Alright, well hey, good afternoon. You guys can all, I don't even need to use a microphone this afternoon. I said I don't even need to use a microphone this afternoon, you guys can all hear me. Hey, it's good to be together. Um, this is your first time here to, to uh, City Light Church? If it is, uh, we want to let you know that this why we exist. Uh, that we're here just to see every single person know, love, and follow Jesus. So that's why a church with the foreigners, Taiwanese, and other nationalities are here is because we love Jesus and we want other people to know him as well. Man, I don't know about you guys, but it's been a crazy week. I mean, 2020 has been what a wild, incredible, just out of the ordinary type of year. Um, and even, I feel like every week or every day, something new happens that we need to think about and that we need to respond to. And I'm thankful for the word of God, you guys, that God has allowed us to walk uh, together through 2020 as a church. Uh, but I'm thankful for his, for his word because it has been uh, both a challenge and a joy to, to lead and to preach during this kind of year. Uh, but God's word is so good to us because it gives us instruction, it gives us hope, it gives us promises, even in the midst of uncertainty. And so this afternoon, I want, I want to ask you a question as we begin looking at Mark chapter 10. Uh, what's worth suffering for? What, what's worth sacrificing for? Maybe some of you have, have, have you know, had sacrifices or you suffered. Maybe it's for a sport and so you disciplined your body. Uh, maybe you want to make a lifestyle change, so you sacrifice uh, things in your life so that you can do that. And, and I think every single one of us, there are these things, these results that we want in life that we're willing to suffer or sacrifice for. You know, every year, some of us, every year at the beginning of the year, we, we do these things called New Year's resolutions. And there's actually a statistic, so you guys get ready to be encouraged. That actually showed that, that out of everyone who actually does a New Year's resolution, only 25% of people make it longer than one month. And 
And only 8%, so everybody here, everybody that does it, only 8% actually make it to the end of the year. And why is that? I think it's because all of us, we want this certain type of life, we want this certain type of results, but are we willing to actually live that kind of lifestyle, make the sacrifices that are needed and necessary to get that? And maybe you're someone that you want to be more disciplined in your Bible, or you want to be in better shape. But we struggle with the lifestyle that it takes to be that kind of person or have that in our life. And this afternoon, as we look at Mark chapter 10, verses 35 to 45, the disciples are doing the exact same thing. That the disciples, they're going to come to Jesus, and all they can see is glory and power and honor. And they want it now. And what Jesus is going to show them. He's going to say this. That if you are going to share with me in my glory, you will also share with me in my suffering. And so let's stand for the reading of God's word. Mark chapter 10, we're going to cover verses 35 to 45. We're only going to read the first five verses together. Okay, let's read this together in English Alright, one, two, three. James and John, sons of Zebedee, approached him and said, Teacher, we want you to do whatever we ask you. What do you want me to do for you? He asked them. They answered him. Allow us to sit at your right and at your left in your glory. Jesus said to them, You don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup I drink and baptize with the baptism I am baptized with? We are able, they told him. Jesus said to them, You will drink the cup I drink. You will be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not mine to give. Instead, it's for those for whom it has been prepared. Father, we thank you that you are holy. And Holy Spirit, we are 
asking you to speak to us this afternoon from your word. We pray that you would clear away any distractions, any obstacles from hearing and receiving the word. Jesus, we, we pray that we would see you more clearly, we would love you more after we gather this afternoon. And we, we confess that without you, Holy Spirit, we can receive nothing. And so we're asking you to come, make the word come alive in our hearts. Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you guys can be seated. So this afternoon, as we look at verses 35 to 45, it's, it's really important that we understand the context of what's going on at this part of the story in Mark's Gospel. Okay, as you look at verses 35 to 45, what is happening is Jesus and his disciples are going on a journey. And Jesus and his disciples, if you look at chapter 11, what comes next is they're going to Jerusalem. I mean, Jerusalem, the Jews consider it to be the center of the universe. It was the, the glory city. This was the moment that they were going to that city. I mean, at this moment, the disciples, they're, they're watching Jesus and they begin to think, oh, this is the moment. Jesus is going to take his throne in Jerusalem. He's going to take his throne. The, the kingdom of God is going to come. We're going to overthrow the Gentiles and the Roman Empire. And this is our chance. And so if you look at verse 35, it says that James and John, they approach Jesus and they ask this question. I mean, can you imagine these two brothers looking at Jesus, the Son of God, and saying, Listen, we want you to do whatever we ask of you. This is an incredible question. And, and so I tried to put myself in their shoes and said, Man, what would make these guys feel so bold? as to command, as to make this kind of request to Jesus. If you look at Matthew's Gospel, what you'll see is that it wasn't just James and John who actually came to Jesus and asked this, but their mom also came. And it's possible, most likely, that James and John's mom was also Jesus' aunt. And so James and John would be his. His cousins. And so James and John. So, 
So James and John would have been related to Jesus through that family tie. But not only that, but James and John, they're usually a part of Jesus' most inner circle. James, John, Peter, they're always with Jesus. I mean, Jesus took these three to see him transfigured when no one else saw. They saw the girl being raised from the dead. And so in this moment, James and John are basically saying, listen, Jesus, we're family. We're part of your inner circle. It's time for us to get what we want. And then Jesus, if you look at verse 36, he's so patient. Because he says, okay, what do you want me to do for you? And, and next week, actually, Scott's going to be preaching on blind Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus gets asked this same question. So you want to notice that there's a contrast between these two stories. And so Jesus asked this question, what do you want me to do for you? Let's see how they answer. Verse 37. This is what they want. Allow us to sit at your right and your left in your glory. Okay, so what are they asking? This is the moment that they think Jesus is going to take his rightful place on the throne, the kingdom of God is going to come. And they're asking for the two highest seats in a royal court, the right and the left. Those are the two highest positions that you can have. And then as they're thinking about this, they're saying, listen, we, we've been fishermen, we've been not very respected, but this is the time that everybody's going to see us, and we're going to be honored and respected. Not only that, but James and John usually are a part of the inner circle, which includes someone else. That's Peter. But there's only two seats next to Jesus, the right and the left. So even here, the brothers are saying, listen, Peter had his chance. We're cousins, Jesus. This is our time. This is what we want. I mean, they're cutting Peter completely out of this equation. And as you look at this, what they're doing, is it begins to come out that these two disciples, it's not that they just want Jesus alone, but it's almost that they want Jesus for what he can give them. So, so John Calvin said this about this story. He says that they're not satisfied with Jesus alone, but they seek something else apart from Jesus. 
呃，这个段落有做一个注解，就是这两个人他们所要的并不是耶稣他自己，而是从耶稣以外还可以得到的附加价值。That here's the Son of God right in front of them, but all they can see is Jesus is a means to get what they really want, which is power, honor, and glory right now. 神的儿子就站在他们的眼前，可是他们却没有看见。And I think this is a question we should ask ourselves. This is what we should ask ourselves. Is Jesus really enough? Jesus, for us, is enough? Is relationship with him enough? Is his relationship enough? Or is he just a means to getting something else that we want? That if Jesus didn't allow you to have maybe your position of power or influence or comfort, if all those things were stripped away, would he still be enough? That if Jesus didn't allow you to have maybe your position of power or influence or comfort, if all those things were stripped away, would he still be enough? That if Jesus didn't allow you to have maybe your position of power or influence or You might ask yourself this question three times. Jesus predicted his death, and somehow these disciples completely misunderstood. In this time, Jesus has already predicted three times that he will die and suffer. But they misunderstood. And what Jesus is showing us here is that often living life in the ways of Jesus, we will be misunderstood. So you can see. 这里这一段落可以教导我们一件事，就是如果我们真心真意的跟随耶稣，那我们也很容易被人家误解。That three times Jesus told them, "I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to die." 三次耶稣提到他去到耶路撒冷的目的，就是要去受苦跟受死。But somehow this three times later, all they see is Jerusalem's here. It's time for power, honor, and glory. 但是就算在三次耶稣提到这件事之后，他们还是看见耶路撒冷就是让他们领受所有权柄跟荣耀的地方。And、guys, if Jesus' own disciples don't understand the way that He's called to seek and to serve and to love, I don't expect the world to understand when we seek to live in the same way that Jesus has taught us to live. 跟耶稣相处的这么亲密的这些门徒，他们都误解了耶稣的意思，没有办法明白耶稣来到世上是为了舍己，是为了要去寻求，然后去爱人。That before I became a Christian, there was a guy that worked in this warehouse with me, and he served me, and he was kind to me. In my becoming a Christian, before I became a Christian, there was a warehouse like a just a warehouse. In a warehouse, there was a guy that worked in my warehouse with me, and he served me, and he was kind to me. In my becoming a Christian, there was a warehouse like a just a warehouse. In a warehouse, there was a guy that worked in my But he's trying to manipulate me because he wants something from me. And if we wait for people to just say, "Great, thank you, you're amazing," before we serve them, before we love them the way that Jesus has taught us to, it's not going to happen. That Jesus is telling us that we will be misunderstood. So, if we are not misunderstood, then we will be misunderstood. I know that there are some of you here that you are serving at jobs or in your families, and you're just constantly being misunderstood. And I'm telling you, this is how Jesus shows us sometimes being a disciple is. We in the group have many people, maybe in work or in family, we are doing our best to serve and give, but we are misunderstood. Okay, so Jesus responds to their question. Let's see how he responds. Verse thirty-eight to forty. Thirty-eight to forty. He says this. I love the honesty of Jesus because it just 
direct. He says to them, "You don't know what you're asking." He says, "Are you able to drink the cup that I drink, or be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with?" Now, what is Jesus saying here? Jesus says, "All you see is glory and honor and power, but what I'd like to tell you is that there's a different path that you're going to take." That for those who want to be with me in my glory, there is going to be a path of suffering that you must walk. If you look at your Bible, when Jesus says "drink and baptized," he says, "drink and baptized." These are both present tense words. They're happening right now. And whenever the Bible talks about drinking a cup or being baptized like this, it's talking about receiving the will of God, but also suffering. And so what Jesus is saying by the words that he's using. Is that his death, his suffering, is a future event that was already decided in the past. That Jesus is saying that my path to glory, all the way through the cross and through my suffering. Is a future event that was already decided in the past. Jesus is saying, "I look here in Acts Both Herod, Pontius Pilate, Gentiles, and people of Israel. So these are four people groups. They assembled together against your holy Jesus, whom you anointed to do whatever your hand and your will had predestined to take place. So in Acts 4:27 and 28, we see that Herod, Pontius Pilate, and Gentiles and people of Israel assembled together against your holy Jesus, whom you anointed to do whatever your hand and your will had predestined to take place. So in Acts 4:27 and 28, we see that Herod, Pontius Pilate, and Gentiles and people of Israel assembled together That basically Jesus says that my path of suffering, my death, everything that I encountered to go into my glory was already decided for me. And what Jesus is going to say to you, to me, to these disciples, is that not only was His path of suffering prepared for Him, but so is ours. Look with me here at verse thirty-nine and forty. Three times Jesus says this: "You will drink the cup. You will be baptized." It is for those for whom it has been prepared. Verse forty. That Jesus is telling his disciples. That you will follow in the footsteps of me, and you will also encounter and undergo suffering. 
Verse 40, it's interesting because Jesus says that it's not mine to give who sits at my right and at my left. It's only been for those who it's prepared for. And the most clearest, most direct application of this verse is the cross. That the disciples are thinking it's a throne of glory and I can't wait to sit at the right and the left. But Jesus is saying it's not just a throne of glory, but it's a cross of glory. And to my right and my left are criminals, not apostles and disciples. And so three times Jesus predicts, declares, promises that every disciple, specifically these two, will endure suffering. And let me tell you why this is encouraging. Several years later, we find James in the book of Acts. And James is, is, is in prison because he's going to be executed by King Herod. And, and in this moment, before, uh, as James is awaiting his death, he sees Peter, and Peter miraculously gets set free. But as James is sitting and awaiting his death, I guarantee you he's thinking back to these very words of Jesus. That Jesus promised James that this was going to happen, and I'm telling you, James would have been encouraged that Jesus knew. That as Jesus is promising and declaring these things for these disciples, what is he saying to us? He's saying that he is sovereign even over our suffering. Sovereign over our suffering. See, the Bible says that basically every single disciple will suffer persecution if we want to be obedient to Jesus. And, and for those of us who have, who have, who have encountered suffering, whether it been a loss of job, a loss of a child, or maybe even persecution for your faith from your family, maybe a spiritual attack, it is so important that we actually believe that there is a God who is sovereign over all of those things in the midst of our suffering. Ephesians 1.11 says this, In Him we've also received an inheritance because we were predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of His will. 
。呃，以弗所书一章十一节，那凭着自己旨意所计划而行万事的，按着他预先所安排的预定，我们在基督里得基业。It means this that God is working in everything, your suffering, my suffering, to work out everything in agreement for His will. 你的苦难，我的苦难，都是按着他的旨意，而且能够为了他的荣耀的缘故。That if the devil inflicts it. 如果我说仇敌来攻击 ，If God allows it， 神允许它发生。If God disciplines us， 神他在管教我们的时候 ，He's working in all of these things and in your life to bring them in agreement to His will。在这一切的事情当中，都是他所计划要按照他的旨意来成就的。Paul says this in Philippians 3:10， 在呃腓立比书的三章十节，保罗也说 ，My goal is to know Him， the power of His resurrection。Fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to his death. 使我认识基督和他复活的大能，并且在他所受的苦上有份，受他所受的死。The both of those things are true. That following Jesus is both resurrection power, but also suffering. 跟随耶稣，我们可以确实可以看见呃生命跟复活，但同时他也带着苦难。So Jesus says, number one, that the path of every disciple will be a path. Of suffering. 每一个跟随耶稣的门徒行走的路上是一条受苦的道路。But Jesus is going to transition here. 那耶稣在这里会做一个转换。And in verse forty-one, 四十一节 ，it says this: When the ten disciples heard this, they began to be indignant with James and John. 那十个门徒听见就恼怒雅各跟约翰。And they ask you a question: Are they angry because James and John just didn't get the gospel right? 他们。十个门徒生气是因为呃雅各跟约翰他们误解了福音吗 ？I mean, are they angry because James and John are being really selfish and prideful right here？ 还是他们生气是因为雅各跟约翰现在就是很自私，然后又很骄傲 ？No， 不是哦。They are angry because they didn't think of doing this first。他们生气是恼怒是因为他们之前没有想到自己可以先这样做。Guys, we can be encouraged. These are Jesus' twelve disciples, and this is how they act. 你可以就是被鼓励。I mean, we got. I mean, it's only it's only up from there, right? You only get better. 只能够更好，没办法比他们更糟了嘛。And so Jesus calls them together, and he has to address this problem. 所以耶稣就把众人召聚过来，要来处理这个问题。And what he wants to do is he wants to say, listen, if you want to be someone who suffers well, you have to change the way that you live your life. 如果你要成为一个能够好好受苦的人的话，你必须要完全改变你的生活方式。How do we prepare ourselves to walk through suffering? How do we prepare ourselves for maybe one day actually having to give our life for Christ? 我们要如何去预备好自己？也许将来有一天，我们确实要为了耶稣而摆上我们的生命。Well, Jesus says you do it by dying to yourself every day. 耶稣说到，你要每日背起十字架，每日都要练习受死。So not only for every disciple is it a path of suffering, but the second thing he said. It's a path of service. 不是只是每一个门徒都有一条受苦的道路，甚至每一条呃每一个门徒都会面临到为耶稣而死的选择。So how do we do that? How do we die to ourselves every day? That sounds so extreme. 每日都要为耶稣而向老我死去，那这听起来就是很激进的。我们要怎么去做 ？Jesus is going to give us an example. 耶稣在这里举例。And it's going to come down to this. It's going to come down all to this. We reject the world's ways. We embrace and obey the way of Jesus. That we 要去拥抱耶稣他的方式 
So here's what Jesus says. Jesus in 42, he says, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. Basically, Jesus says, the way that the world works is they use their authority, their power to lord it over people as tyrants. And so Jesus says, reject that. Reject the idea that, that, that basically you need to hurt and offend and, and, and sin against other people to get higher power or more influence or position. And he says instead, become a servant and a slave. Now we've talked about a servant before. But basically Jesus says, listen, every day this is an opportunity for you to count others more significant than yourself. And I'm thinking that this is the moment for the disciples. It was kind of like, if you can imagine a balloon, it's like Jesus just popped a balloon. Their dreams are gone. Because this is altogether different what Jesus is describing here. The disciples are seeing glory and grandeur in Jerusalem, and Jesus says, actually, if you want to be great, you have to become a slave. The very thing they didn't want to be anymore. Now the word slave that the Bible uses It's an image that comes from the Old Testament And it's the idea that there, there is this option Where if you are a bond servant in the Old Testament and you decided you didn't want your freedom and you wanted to stay with this family. You would stick your ear to a doorpost. And they would drive a nail through your ear to mark that in your freedom you are willingly for the rest of your life seeking to serve this family. So Jesus is saying by using the word servant, by using the word slave, that we willingly in our freedom choose to serve others around us in this way. As I thought about this text, I thought about us as parents. I mean, how easy is it for us to, to lord over and to command and maybe threaten our kids instead of serving them the way that Jesus calls us Right, I mean, we can say, amen, that's the way of Jesus, but then it's like we get in the car and it's like, we're lording it over them right now. 
就是我们可以就是在这里说阿妹，耶稣你说的都对，我们愿意做。可是，一上车了以后，我们就用我们的权柄去管教孩子。Like theologically, it may make sense, but in our lives, is it really playing out the way that Jesus calls it to play out? 神学上面我们可以明白，可是当我们的生活真的要应用出来的时候，却有一点困难。Uh, this past week, I had lunch with、uh, James. He's not here this afternoon, but James and Eating. James. 就是有跟 James 这一对夫妻吗？ Uh, just James, just one. Yeah, and、uh, James actually is a—he's the—he's the boss of Subway. It's a restaurant here. Ah, is that Subway's boss? He's a leader. He's a leader. And、uh, we were talking about this book about servant leadership. We just talked about a book about servant leadership. He said something really profound just as we were walking. Then we were just talking, walking, talking. He said this. He said this. Servant leadership is doing things that are most likely harder. For you, and not easier. 所谓的仆人领导学，其实就是刻意的去做那些对自己更困难的事情。Usually, the world says we make other people do things that are harder to make our life easier. That's not the way of Jesus. 世界的方式呢，就是所有难处呢都给别人去做，就是别人去做那些比较困难的工作。可是这不是耶稣的方式。Ah, wow! That is a great way to talk about what Jesus says here. That while these two brothers were seeking the highest place of honor, Jesus says, "I already have the highest place of honor, but I'm becoming the lowest by being a servant and a slave." 雅各跟约翰两兄弟所要求的是至高的那个权柄跟呃职位，可是耶稣在说的是，我早就有至高者的那个权柄跟位置，但是我却选择来服侍最低处的最卑微的事情。And we have to be warned, like we said before, just because it's all of a sudden we're going to go out and become the greatest servant and the greatest slave, we can't think that everybody's going to be like, "You're amazing." Just because we live this way doesn't mean that everybody's going to say you're amazing. When we choose to live a servant's life, we don't hear people's praise. Right? We can be misunderstood because it's not about people's response; it's about obedience to Jesus. Because this is about obedience to Jesus, not about people's response or their reaction. Jesus sees your obedience. Jesus sees your obedience. All right, but why? Now, if Jesus says this is the way that we're supposed to be as disciples. Path of suffering, a path of service. That Jesus said, "If this is the way to follow him, we are to become a servant and follow him." Why should we live this way? That why should we live this way? How can 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 we live this way? And to give his life as a ransom for many. This, if, if anybody asks you, hey, what's the book of Mark about? You point to this verse. This verse says in 16 or 17 words what the whole Gospel of Mark says in 16 chapters. And so, for the last couple of minutes, what I want us to do is to break down this verse into worship together. 那最后的这几分钟的时间呢，我们要来分段来看这一节经文，并且我们一起来敬拜。As we hear from Jesus's own lips the good news of the gospel, 我们自己听见了耶稣他自己对福音的解释。Someone said this once. That Jesus's cross makes sense of ours, us having to carry our cross. 
Okay, that Jesus' cross makes sense of us having to carry a cross. And our cross makes much of His. This is what Jesus is going to describe here. Let's look at it together. 4, verse 45. It says, 4. Because, right, everything that Jesus just said, this is the reason why. Even the Son of Man. Now, if you look at Son of Man, we've talked about this before, but this is a reference to Daniel chapter 7, verse 13. And, and people would hear this word and they would think glory, power, majesty, honor. But Jesus says this it says, glory, power, honor, majesty did not come. The first time now in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus is going to explicitly tell you why he came to this earth. So, you know, people say, you know what, Jesus came to this earth to, to teach us how to love or to teach us about God. Or Jesus came because he wanted to do miracles. Well, all those things are true. That is not the primary reason why Jesus came to this earth. Jesus is going to tell you why he came. He did not come to be served, but to serve. Basically, he says, I'm not going to use my authority and my power to lord it over people, but I come to serve. How? How did Jesus come to serve? He says here, to give his life as a ransom for many. This is incredible. See, a ransom is a payment given instead of the prisoner. And if you click back on the last slide, Allison, it says this, that a ransom in the ancient world was money paid to rescue someone from captivity. And so the Bible says that Jesus says that he came to give his life as a ransom. But the question is ransom from who? Who are we ransom from? Is it, is it sin? Is it Satan? Is that who we're ransom from? The Bible says that the ransom Jesus paid was actually to God Himself. That we're not ransom from sin or ransom from Satan, but ransom from God Himself. See, the Bible says that salvation is this. That we are saved from God. From God's wrath. By God, by Jesus in the flesh, God in the flesh. To God. 
That salvation is we were enemies, but through grace and the gospel, we become His children. And the Bible says this: that you cannot save yourself from the sin of pride. That I cannot save myself from the sin of anger. You can't set yourself free from the sin of lust. But it's not that Jesus says that He set us free from the fruit of sin, from these things. It's better than that. Because we can't save ourselves not just from the fruit of sin, but we can't save ourselves from the judgment that is coming upon sin itself, which is the wrath of God. The Bible says that God is holy. He judges sin. And something has to happen, or you and me are going to be left paying that price. And so Jesus says here that I'm stepping into this place instead of you and instead of me, and I will receive. And I will suffer the judgment of sin and the wrath of God. So Jesus is here. He is the one who decides to enter. He says, "I come here to suffer. I come to endure the judgment of sin. I come to do this for you." So here's the thing: that in most kingdoms, you guys, the king is protected at all costs, right? In most kingdoms, the king is protected at all costs. Right now, President Trump, COVID, he's got to be protected at all costs. Even in the military, they keep the highest-ranking generals and officials away from the battle lines and away from danger. But not King Jesus, right? King Jesus does exactly the opposite. He offers himself up for you and for me and his body on the cross in our place. That the wrath of God that was meant for us is poured out on him. See, even in, in Taiwanese culture and other religions, the idols will say, "Well, you have to pay me for your freedom." But in the gospel, it's Jesus that does the paying. And it's not with money. It's with his life and his precious blood. So that this is what happens. Jesus is crucified and hung on the cross and suffers as a person who had lust or pride or anger instead of you and instead of me. Jesus hung on the cross and was crucified as a liar instead of you 
in Stephanie.他在呃十字架上面被挂在那里，被钉死，是因为罪的缘，是因为你跟我犯罪的缘故。That he did that instead of you and instead of me, our substitute.他为了我们而去做了这样的事情，而不是我们自己要去赎罪。The Bible says that Jesus drinks the cup no one can drink. 圣经里面也说到，耶稣所喝的杯是没有人和任何人可以喝的。But Jesus is baptized with a baptism that no one can be baptized with, not you, not me. 所受的喜不是任何人都能受的，不是你我可以受的。So that there is no more condemnation for anyone who trusts in Christ, but only everlasting joy. 因为耶稣所承受的、所做的这个赎价，所以。How beautiful are these words? These three words in English. A ransom for many. A ransom for many. So that what should have happened to the many happened to Jesus, the Son of God. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 5, 21. So we're going to kind of close. He said, God made the one who didn't know sin at all, didn't know it at all, to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Because the reason we can suffer well, the reason that we can be a servant and a slave is only because of the gospel. But this everlasting joy is yours and mine in Christ. Let's stand together. Let's consider what Jesus says this afternoon. You know, Mark, share 